Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm so glad you're here. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John and today is Tuesday, May 18th. This is the anniversary of the day that Mount St. Helens blew its top and I got to watch from my back deck in Gresham, Oregon. Wow, what a day this is. You guys, a lot of things going on in the news today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So it's been a a crazy couple of days, really big things coming out of the headlines. You know, all these these things sort of tend to hit the news on Monday. And uh, I'm going to talk about some of them today, but I want to let you guys know, first of all, and I'm going to hit, I'm going to harp on this because I want you to come out. I am going to be at the Florida Parent Educators Association, that's F-P-E-A in Orlando, and I think you guys are going to love it. And the mask mandate is has been rolled back there. Kind of an interesting, fascinating thing that I'm watching as I'm traveling the country with my family, and uh, we are doing that, by the way. We are going to be leaving home this week, my husband is anyway, and he is driving the bus with several of our kids all the way from Vancouver, Washington to Orlando for FPEA, and then we've got a couple of things that we're doing after that, uh, not the least of which is the ICHE conference in Illinois, just about an hour south of Chicago, but we'll be making some stops along the way, and we'll kind of let you guys know as we do it. But I'm I'm still very, I don't even know, I'm almost speechless. We're watching what can only be described as a corrupt organization, this the CDC, issuing new guidelines. We know now that the economy is basically in a free fall. And it looks to me like the Biden administration pretty much ruins everything it touches. And so they're kind of freaking out a little bit. And so what do they do? Oh, you know, we'll drop the mask mandates. Yeah, that's it. I thought, um, you know, we don't even, we've ruined the name science. No one even knows what science is anymore. Well, actually, that's not true. I can tell you what science is. Science is a process. Science is when you test something, you have a hypothesis, and you run it through a series of things, and you test it to make sure, oh, hey, this works or it doesn't work. Well, we haven't been doing that. We've we've issued the word science on all kinds of things, science of the lockdowns, the science of the masks, you know, all of these things. And uh, it's garbage, right? And so we've kind of ruined it now. And I'm, I'm watching as we're moving into this, this new sort of weird middle ground of, well, the CDC says if you're vaccinated that you can unmask. And if you're not, then you're still going to have to vaccinate. Well, I thought if you guys were vaccinated, then everybody else should be, oh, you know, you're not worried anymore. We have completely lost sight of personal responsibility. And so the question becomes, you know, do you do you trust somebody that's not wearing a mask? So did they get vaccinated? Well, here's my opinion. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, this is going to be a matter of trust. And you guys know my opinion on the Rona and the vaccine and all of it. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to bore everybody with it today. But one thing I will say, and I, I continue just to find this completely amazing in the country right now, is that we have this very weird view now on whether or not we should get an injection that a lot of us, you know, we realize this is, hello, you guys, this is an experimental vaccine. And I think it's funny how we were all raised not to be peer pressured in taking experimental drugs. And now we're all being peer pressured into taking experimental drugs. If you drive down the street of Washington state right now in almost any city, it says, you know, together we can do this, you know, vax up. Well, 
before that it was mask up and now it's or uh, now it's vax up and now you got Biden out there on Twitter you know just showing that he's a dictator and a tyrant saying you know the choice is up to you you know mask up or vax up I'm sorry Mr. President you don't get to talk to the American people that way it it, it it's kind of amazing to me and so a lot of people who are talking about the vaccine right now. And there's a lot of arguments about it online. Listen, I don't care what anybody does. What I don't like is them forcing people to either do one or the other, instead of saying, you guys are grownups, you can do, you, you can make your own decision. And it's amazing to me if, if COVID was such a big deal, why did they open up the border in the middle of it? It seems to me, this is just more evidence that, that we've been played. And you see all these people now, the, the radical left, and they're making all these decisions about, you know, well, we should never take our masks off. We'll never take our masks off again. Are we really this afraid? I mean, safism has become a cult, an idol. And I had a lady, she, she, you know, she wrote to me and said, you know, you need to do your homework on the vaccine. You need to talk about more about the vaccine. And I just kind of want to say to everybody, y'all do your own homework. There's so much out there now. And I'm I'm telling people, this is ex- absolutely experimental. If it had been put through the proper clinical trial process, it would have gone through all four stages and it wouldn't be cleared for use yet. The vaccine was only put through the last two stages of trial and the government is now trying to strong arm citizens into taking it. Uh, it, it, you know... I don't know about you guys, but there's all kinds of red flags for Heidi, all kinds of red flags for me. And uh, I saw Costco now forcing their employees, you know, if you want to take the mask off, you must get the vaccine, even if you're not sick, either get the vaccine or keep a mask on your face for the rest of your life. This is amazing to me. And so I want us to be thinking for ourselves, to be thinking critically, because we got a crisis of critical thinking, got a crisis of courage in this country. And certainly, you know, we're seeing this go on more and more and more as as the mainstream media continues to push this narrative of fear. And I'm going to be in Florida in the next week and a half, and I want you guys to come unafraid. Come unafraid. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. There's freedom. And I want us to come unafraid. And there's going to be a lot of people there. I hope you guys will, I hope you guys will show up. Uh, Florida, one of the freest states in the nation right now. And I've and this is what I guess I started out with my little rant. Sorry, you guys, I'm ranting today. But I've noticed that I've, as I'm traveling through states that are supposed to be free, people are still completely freaked out. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I continue just to be amazed by it. But at any rate, please, you guys, come out. And, and the vendors that are there, these are people who have literally had their livelihoods taken from them for a year. And I don't know how the homeschool conference circuit is going to recover unless people start coming out. And so uh, it's, this is amazing. I fly all the time. I'm going to be pretty quick here, going to get into uh, a motorhome. But I, I fly and I have been flown. All of you guys know I've been flying Delta. But I noticed, hey, hey, yesterday, that Business Insider reported that Delta Airlines is now going to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine for new hires. In addition, quote, the company may stop current staff members from working on international flights if they refuse a vaccine. What? What? So now the media has embraced this dystopian vision by encouraging businesses to mandate vaccines and Costco is just the latest, right? As a prerequisite for employment. This is insane. We are talking about a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. We're talking about 
vaccine passports and no one's even talking about HIPAA anymore. The woke Delta Airlines, right? Woke Costco. You guys, the more you got a woke church, you got a broke church. You got these woke corporations who don't care about your freedom. They're completely just buying into this uh, man-made hysteria. You guys say no to vaccine passports for goodness sake. For goodness sake. In fact, I will link back to one in the show notes today. There is a, an online vaccine passport petition to say no to the vaccine passport that you guys can sign. Let your voices be heard. The Washington Post published a story on May 4th, and the, the snarky headline said, yes, it's legal for businesses and schools to require you to get a coronavirus vaccine. Wow. this It's amazing to me, you guys. Uh, wake up. We need to wake up. I said this a long time ago. I continue to believe it. This is not about a virus. It's never been about a virus. We've got all these issues now that are coming into view, and we need to be aware of what's happening and speak out against it. I do have a little bit of good news for you today. You want to hear some good news? The Supreme Court is going to decide on Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. And this has potential implications for rewriting, overturning, changing for certain Roe v. Wade. And as I've been reading a little bit more about this, you know, of course, Time Magazine, you know, people freaking out about it. But I'm I'm encouraged because this will be one of the legacies of the Trump administration. He worked tirelessly to replace leftist judges in the country. And of course, now we have a more conservative Supreme Court. I, I would say it's a conservative Supreme Court that I don't have a lot of confidence in based on Justice Roberts and a couple other decisions that have come down. But we do have a much better chance at it now than we had before. That's for absolute sure. So you guys are going to want to watch this, right? What's going to happen with the Supreme Court? Because this is going to set the stage for their decision, which is either going to uphold, overturn, or modify Roe v. Wade. And this is an incredible thing. So this order came out on Monday and it has agreed to take up this case, Dobbs versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization. And the whole court case centers around Mississippi's HB 1510. So this is a law that bans abortions from being committed past 15 weeks for any reason other than physical uh, medical emergencies or severe fetal abnormalities which let's save that argument for another time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. So after its enactment in 2019, U.S. District Court Judge Carlton Reeves quickly issued a temporary restraining order against enforcing the law and then declared it unconstitutional in a ruling filed with pro-abortion talking points rather than legal arguments. The Fifth Circuit claimed that, quote, unbroken line dating to Roe v. Wade had firmly entrenched the right of pre-viability abortion but that, quote, unbroken line, end quote, is precisely what Mississippi and other pro-life states intend to challenge. Attorneys with the Legal Life Defense Foundation have noted that the court has also acknowledged a, quote, compelling interest in protecting the unborn child as a pregnancy progresses, particularly on 
criteria like fetal pain, which can be felt before so-called viability. Now, viability obviously being that word that we use to justify abortion. So do we think this, this baby is viable? In other words, can it live outside of its mother? If it can't live outside its mother, then that is a condition for its possible uh, murder, right? But the fact is, you guys, unborn babies can feel pain. And we've got states like Utah and South Carolina in recent years passing laws concerning abortions at 20 weeks after fertilization because they have proven that these babies can feel pain. There is a a video that I saw come across my desk last week of a baby at about 22 weeks gestation who was going to be undergoing and in utero surgery, which happens all the time, you guys, this is also amazing, right? If it's if the mother wants the baby, then the baby's important. If the mother doesn't want the baby, then we kill it. In this case, uh, there was a baby that had a fetal anomaly that could be corrected in utero. And so they guided a needle into the uterine wall to anesthetize the baby so that they could open up the uterus and operate on the baby and then close the uterus up again. And when the baby was touched with that needle, that injection, you can see her cry out in pain. You can see her wince. You can see her try to move away from the needle. And scientists, the New England Journal of Medicine reported that by seven weeks, pain sensory receptors appear in the mouth area of these unborn babies by, I mean, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks. There's a lot going on inside the womb. And we can thank President Trump for doing everything he could to put pro-life judges and pro-life and, and to change the, the makeup of the courts. And so this is kind of an important deal right here. And so the Supreme Court had previously delayed its conferencing on the 15-week abortion ban several times. But now that the justices are finally taking up the case, it's going to be the biggest test yet of President Trump's three additions to the court. So this is something for you guys to be really praying for particularly for Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, who both have respect, they have expressed respect for Roe's status. And so I don't know what's going to happen. We know that Amy Coney Barrett has a pro-life record and she's criticized uh, some of the decisions that have been made in the past, but she's never said whether she would vote to overturn Roe. Only Justice Clarence Thomas has explicitly gone on record as anti-Roe. And only he and Justice Samuel Alito have established consistently conservative records over a significant period of time. So uh, I, like, again, this is, again, my vote of no confidence in Chief Justice John Roberts. He has sided with the leftists on the court on numerous high-profile cases over the years. And Gorsuch disappointing conservatives last year by voting to redefine, quote, sex in a federal civil rights law. So you guys, these are things that we need to be praying about, but certainly this is some good news. At least it's it's an opportunity. Maybe that's a better way for me to say it. It's an opportunity for good news coming out of the Supreme Court right now as they decided to hear this case. The other thing that's happened really recently, I believe it came out yesterday afternoon at some point, but the Supreme Court also ruled that the police cannot search homes without warrants in the name of, quote, community caretaking. Now, this is what the Biden administration wanted, right? This, um, you know, oh, it's a community caretaking rule. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that would that just massively opened the door for them to go into your house. This is a reminder in this this Fourth Amendment ruling, which, by the way, was unanimous. So the the more conservative and more liberal judges agreed on this, a unanimous ruling that there there can be no no excuse for a warrantless 
search. And so if you guys aren't familiar with the case, it's a really interesting case. During an, an August 2015 argument with his wife, this dude named Edward Canigula offered her one of his unloaded guns and requested that she put him out of his misery. So instead, she threatened to call 911. Well, after the couple's argument continued, she left their home to an overnight at a hotel. And when she returned the next day, she enlisted Cranston, Rhode Island's police department, to perform a wellness check on her husband, which they did. They also arranged transportation for Edward to obtain a psychiatric evaluation at a local hospital. He agreed to go, but only after officers purportedly agreed not to confiscate his weapons. However, as soon as he left, officers, apparently by deceiving his wife, entered the Canigula home and seized his handguns and his ammunition. Well, Edward sued. And he alleged that the officers violated his Fourth Amendment rights. And the U.S. Court of Appeals in the First Circuit sided with the officers by relying on Katie, which was a 1973 decision that upheld the warrantless, quote, caretaking search of a car that had been in an accident. But in the court's opinion yesterday, written by Justice Clarence Thomas, it was devoid of the fearsome, compelling specter raised in the briefing and during the argument regarding the potential for troubling eventualities. For instance, let's say Caniglia could have harmed himself or his wife. So the the opinion wasn't very long. It was unanimous and it was unambiguous. If the police do not have a homeowner's consent or a judicial warrant authorizing a search, then they cannot go into your home and take your guns. So what is reasonable for vehicles is different than what is reasonable for homes. This was a Justice Thomas Clarence Thomas wrote. So very interesting decision coming out of the court. It was encouraging to me that it was unanimous and it's good for us to keep aware of what's happening right now because this is a these are major deals that are coming before the courts right now. And I I don't know about you guys, but I am I'm increasingly concerned with parents who are not teaching their children the Constitution, not teaching them why the Fourth Amendment matters, teaching them why the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, your right to to, uh, keep and bear arms, why these things matter. They matter. They were written because our founders understood the dangers of a tyrannical government. And we need to understand those dangers as well. And so later on this week, I'm going to be having some guests on the show. Jackson Lawmeyer, who is running for Senate, He's also a pastor out of the state of Oklahoma. We're going to be talking about why Christians should get involved in politics. You know, why here this guy is a full-time pastor. And he's basically doing what I'm doing, which is we see it very much as a wartime appointment. You guys, our nation is under attack from leftists, really, who are just, you know, closet communists, who want our lives in every facet to be ruled by the government, except for our Constitution recognized that our rights don't come from government. They come from God. And this needs to be at the heart and the soul of every American who's interested in what's happening right now. And certainly we're going to have an opportunity in the days to come to say, hey, we're not going to take this anymore. (laughs) You know, we're going to start getting off the bench and onto the battlefield in defense of our own freedom and defense of our own liberty. It's probably going to be an uphill climb for a little while, which is why I'm asking you guys to support what's happening around you. When you see people that are running for office, a lot of people now starting to declare like I did their intentions to get these rhinos out of office in 2022, support them. Find out what they're doing and put your money where your mouth is. It's very, very important. We're going to be talking a little bit on Friday. And again, 
at my new podcast, America's Town Hall. So you're going to want to look for that one too. The question comes up, well, should Christians support Israel? Why is it so important that the United States supports Israel? Well, a cursory glance at the, at the Bible will tell you why. But we're going to pick that up again with uh, Jackson Lawmeyer, and we'll be talking about that at my podcast, America's Town Hall. I'll link back to that in the show notes today. I'm not sure when I'm going to air that episode, but it should be coming up pretty soon. And I wanted to encourage you guys, get educated about this stuff. Know what you're talking about. Read about these things. Watch different aspects come out on the news from different perspectives so that you can make an informed decision. And that's part of what we want to help you do here at Off the Bench. And I hope you guys are encouraged. I am very encouraged by hearing your stories of getting off the bench. You guys are doing it. You're doing the thing. And I heard from Stephanie and she said, I listened to your podcast with Rod Dreher and immediately got his book, Live Not By Lies. My high school daughter read it and asked if we could have a class as part of our curriculum called Knowing and Fighting for Truth. Woo woo, Stephanie. I love it. She said, so I decided to get off the bench and out of my comfort zone and write a curriculum for my high school students this next year. Do you have any other books, biographies, et cetera, that you could recommend that would fall into the category of knowing and fighting for truth or any other recommendations that will help me equip my kids in this area? Yes, we do. I will link back to a bunch of them in the show notes today. If you want to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll down and you will get that information. I want to give a shout out to a donor, Brandy from Pennsylvania. She wrote, Dear Heidi, thank you for your bold stance for truth. I listen to your podcast daily and you have brought me great comfort in these trying times. I am so excited to hear from you, Brandy. Thank you for the support of the podcast. And I am excited that you have joined the ranks of homeschool mom. I'm telling you, it will be the best decision that you ever make. All right, you guys, that's all the time I've got today. I want to remind you again, I will be at FPEA coming up May 27 through 29. Pre-registration is closed, but you guys can still register at the door. Mark it on your calendar. Come out and say hello to me. Let's make a splash in Florida the 27th through the 29th and celebrate being in the free state of Florida. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Keep praying. Keep praying for our government. Keep asking the Lord to help us discover what it is he wants us to do as we get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.